This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens number 180-something. Down in there, yep. And uh, it's a... 280-something? 280-something. 280-something. Wreck-It Ralph 2 Road Trip! Or Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh. Road Trip. Is it not Wreck-It Ralph 2? Oh. Play that theme song. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Okay, everybody, we're here, we're driving, we're going to the theater. We're late. For a very important date. Well, we'll only be about five minutes late, I think. Yeah, they'll just be trailers. Yes, and this is my second theater-going experience today. So, in the last movie I saw, there was it, there was about a half hour of trailers, so I think we're going to be fine. What movie was it? We went to see the new Fantastic Beasts movie. That's the one Shantae wanted to go see. So it was adequate. Haven't heard good things about it. Yeah, it's it's very much this is part two of three, and you're going to need to see part one to know what in the world is going on. And watching all eight Harry Potter movies would also help. Yeah, we, we just finished as a family, all eight. And so... Uh... And the, my my daughters especially are like they've read all eight of the books and all seven of the books, um, because the eighth book was not split in half. But they uh, they've read all the books, and when we watch the movies, they talk about all the mistakes and all the things that have been changed and shouldn't have been during the movie. They talk about this, which okay, that's fine. But uh, we haven't watched the uh, first Fantastic Beasts. Um, Although my girls did read, and I've read uh, half of the uh, the stage play, the sequel stage play, that um, they just consider unnecessary and they should have never done that. And it's, it's really interesting um, to hear them talking about that. And I actually find it kind of fascinating, the, the stage play itself anyway. But, uh, yeah, so I need to watch the first one with them. They're not all that interested in it, though. Yeah, I mean... Really, it's there just for world building, I think, honestly. It's like, hey, all this stuff happened in one castle in England. What about the rest of the world in which this takes place? And that's kind of the purpose of these movies. Sure. So, um, yeah, so now we're going to see, I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's called just Ralph Breaks the Internet. Well, that's silly. I, uh, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they called it out in the trailer that it's not Ralph Wrecks the Internet. So, because they're... Uh, you know, they're riffing on something breaks the internet, you know. Right. The popular colloquialism. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so um, so let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph, though. Did you like Wreck-It Ralph, Evan? Loved Wreck-It Ralph. I think I've talked before uh, several times about how it really the twist got me. They got me, and I didn't see it coming, and I gasped so loud in the theater when it happened. And I just, you know, I'm a big video game fan, so this is this is just a cool little world to play around in. Lots of nice callbacks and fun to see the cameos from actual video game characters. Uh, I was hoping for, like, some console gaming before we got right to the iPhone and stuff. Well, and I don't know what this is going to be like, but, I mean, they're going from the arcade to the Internet. And, I mean, I appreciate the arcade stuff a lot because that's I, I grew up with that. I love the arcade. I uh, didn't get to go very often except for when we went to Chuck E. Cheese. And then I got to play the arcade games because you'd get the pizza and you'd also get a handful of tokens. And um, there was, you know, that's where I played Spy Hunter. That's where I played. Uh, there's a Kung Fu game that I can't remember the name of, so I can't find it. But uh, that was so much fun. Uh, Mach 4, I think it was. It was a flight simulator. It was really, really cool. And it's photorealistic. And... So that's I mean that's what one of the things I really appreciated about Wreck-It Ralph. What I'm not so certain about with this movie is they're, you know, they're jumping straight to the internet and the iPhone or whatever. But, you know, they're going to websites in the trailer. Real websites. And it this is feeling a little even the trailer was feeling a little almost too jam-packed. Like I'm wondering, am I getting ready to step into another Ready Player One situation where it's just reference, 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 reference. And, ooh, there's a deer. Oh, dear. Okay. I just said, oh, dear, when I saw it. That was... If you weren't going to call it out, I was going to, so... Not on purpose. (laughs) That's what happens when you grow up not swearing very well. So... Oh, dear. That's my... That's a go-to for me. Um... Just imagine Wolverine saying that. Oh dear! He'd make it sound really cool. <laughs> Hugh Jackman put that in his mouth, and he's going to sound awesome. Yeah, probably. Okay, so I see what you're saying, Ben, and it also concerns me a little bit because this has this has a possibility to really date the movie. You know, where the ar- the arcade stuff. It's retro callbacks, but this is like current modern callbacks. And with how rapidly the internet changes, you know, this could be outdated in five years. Well, yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, I'm seeing all the references. I mean, part of it is they go to a Disney website in the trailer. And and you're going to see, I don't know how deep they go. I just know in the trailer, I saw Star Wars stuff. And I saw Marvel stuff and definitely Disney princesses and stuff like that. So the curiosity for me is, okay, so how far are they going to take it? Is it going to make sense? Is it going to be like, it's just, here's a side stop before, you know, on our way from point A to point B. um, Or is it going to be the point? The point is the reference and the list. Um, My hopeful optimism prediction is they'll jam all that stuff in like the first or maybe first act, maybe the beginning of the second, and then dive in hardcore to the real story. Um, Wreck It Ralph, it had a lot of those references, um, yeah. but obviously it's not as pervasive as this stuff is looking. Yeah, I, I feel like that the, the trailer for this one had more references than the actual movie from the first one. The first one had like you know you're 
the references were were window dressing. The references were background and setting. And, and you know, in, in Kubert, yeah, he shows up a little bit more uh, than just being in the background. But, you know, he's a joke or two and, and that kind of thing. And um, although I'm trying to remember, uh, you know, there's an interesting comparison contrast with uh, Wreck-It Ralph and um, Pixels, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you have... <laughs> not had a chance uh listen to our episode about pixels because that was a horrible horrifying movie going experience for me uh and not from anything other than sitting in the theater watching the movie um that's that's the one where if you ever get a chance to watch pixels just fast forward to the end credits and watch them redo the whole movie in 8-bit style and it's really really cool and you'll you'll love it a lot more and what is this person doing Oh dear. Yeah. Um, so, for me, I'm seeing with the trailers anyway. I'm seeing parallels, <laughs> comparisons, and parallels that I could make to um, the Emoji Movie. Did you ever see that? I did not see that. No. Not as horrible as all the reviews say it is, but still very referency. Okay. I I I, I mean, it's on Netflix. I have no I no. Uh inclination to ever press play on that one if i'm gonna press play on netflix it's gonna be watching pokemon <laughs> nice i just finished Shira, season one the brand new reboot pretty good uh and references maybe to he-man a couple uh does she say i mean she says gray skull in the in the original cartoon right she's like yeah so that was the only real reference to he-man it was uh her saying was for the honor of gray skull that's right that's what she says and they and they don't really explain what that is there's like some mystery elements so i'm sure he'll be coming around the second or third season it feels like supergirl where they like they do a season with supergirl and 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 then oh now superman's coming in t- season two or whatever and yeah, i I'm curious. I, I would really be interested to see what they would do if they brought in He-Man, um, because you could do some interesting things thematically there. But well, it's really interesting because they've de-aged her a little bit. She's like 16, right? So if you bring in He-Man and they do a similar thing, well, he he team. Well, he would be uh, you know 16 as well because they were twins. Okay. Oh, interesting. All right. See, I don't know much about He-Man except for. I have the power! Did you watch uh, the toys that made us about He-Man? I did not. Okay, it's really, really interesting. And there's another documentary on Netflix about, about He-Man that I can't remember the, the name of it right now. But it's a, it's you know one of those 80-minute kind of things. And it's, it's fascinating just watching uh, the development of this toy. Basically, Mattel said, okay, we didn't get Star Wars. We don't have any real toy line that's going to, you know make lots of money like star wars let's make our own and it started out as a conan pitch uh and they kind of realized wait that conan movie is rated r it has <laughs> um like people's heads getting cut off and and naked ladies in it and so maybe we shouldn't do a toy line which nice impulse you know that's, that's good that's good uh so anyway uh back to wreck it ralph though um my expectation is pixar it'll be good it's not pixar it's not? No, it's Disney Animation Studios. We just did an episode about these. Wreck-It Ralph was not Pixar? No. Uh, well, now I have less faith in... <laughs> hey, Disney's been solid the past couple of years. 
They did Frozen. You haven't seen it. They did Moana. Did you see that? Yeah. That was okay. That was okay. Yeah. But Frozen and Tangle just knocked it out of the park. And Zootopia knocked it out of the park for me. Just home run on that one. So we'll, we'll see. I'm expecting it to... Okay, what does this movie have to do? That's one of the questions we kind of ask in our road trip episodes. What does this movie have to do to be a good movie-going experience? And for me, it has to be on par with the first one, which means a little bit of emotional content, a lot of laughs, and some excitement, and and the references have to feel natural and have to feel like part of the world and not shoehorned in because it's Disney and we now have the license to Star Wars. I'm with you, Ben. I would agree 100% with all that. Uh, icing on the cake, I'd love to see a post-credit where we get a tease for an actual Disney Princess team-up movie because <laughs> that would be awesome. I think that Disney, yeah, we can talk later about maybe um, shared universes we'd like to see because the whole idea of all the Disney princesses living in a shared universe concurrent with each other is ridiculous. And awesome. And ridiculous. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I uh, no, uh, there's no reason for that other than fan service. And yeah, that's it. That is the only. I mean, dude, we already talked about one time where Aladdin and Hercules crossed over, and it was great. No, you talked about it because I haven't seen it. So, well, I mentioned it in an episode that we did but I, in I, the past. You say it was great, and I'll, I'll accept that you think it was great. But I myself. I uh, haven't seen it, so I cannot give any kind of uh, quality statement. See, crossovers are my SWAT monsters, Ben. I just love them. Any any excuse to do a crossover, let's do it. See, I don't mind crossovers, especially when they're good, but I'm not of the any excuse. <laughs> mine, mine, Any excuse! Mine is, you know, uh, anytime you do a crossover, more than likely you're doing it for a money grab. So... There's that strike already, but the question is, can you make it artistic and give it reason to have life and not just, you know what the most interesting crossover to me right now, though, is? What? Have you seen the Star Trek Transformers crossover? I've seen the cover. (laughs) And it is exactly what it is on the cover. It is the Transformers animated series from 1980, what, four, five, around in there, uh, crossing over with the Star Trek animated series. And so it is the uh, character designs from the two cartoon shows crossing over in a storyline that um, when all is said and done, I think it's five issues, it'll feel like you just watched a 22-minute cartoon because not much happens very quickly. But um, it's it's fascinating to me, and it's hitting – yeah, it's hitting the nostalgia marks for me, but – but if I if there's a crossover, I want it to have artistic purpose, and so like uh, the Predator Alien crossover is there artistic purpose. Mm, it's a cash grab for sure, but it started because it was just a, a little thing in the background where the Predators had the head of an alien in their ship on the wall as a trophy, and to me that can lead to some really interesting. Um, possibilities so the disney princess shared universe all of them happen at the same time so that they all can cross over together ridiculous well there can be dimensional portal shenanigans going on one of my favorite crossovers was when ronald reagan ordered hollywood 
to create a giant cartoon crossover to combat drugs. Have you seen that? Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue? Yeah, he did not order. Well, he, he requested that he requested it and they did it. He requested they do something with the cartoon characters. He did not say to the studios, make a crossover. This is an executive order. <laughs> and it's in American history forever now. And it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why? Uh, but it doesn't have to. It's just the cartoon characters telling you not to do drugs. And so there's that. But uh, Wreck-It Ralph, though, because of the nature of things with the Internet, I mean, that, that does create a, a reason for crossover. Uh, you know, not an any reason, but it actually a legit reason. The question, and this is the problem with Ready Player One, especially the book for me, was you had all these references and all these things that gets referenced, and they're doing all these things, and and kind of actually technically is almost be, it's an unofficial crossover that becomes with the movie an official crossover where they're getting um, permission from all the, the studio people, but it's just not artistic. The book. The book was not artistically written, and the movie fixed a lot of the problems. We talked about that, but for Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which after we go inside, we'll find out what the actual title was, and we can find out the final word on that, but uh, yeah, I'm just hoping we get an artistically uh, relevant and emotionally um, touching movie. That's what I'm I agree. All right, looking forward to this. Not every year we get a Walt Disney animated feature, so. Yeah, not these days. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, we're out of the movie. We're in the theater parking lot. And, uh, Evan, before we put it into drive, well, reverse first, otherwise I'd be going over the curve. But before we start driving, um, spoiler free, uh, we'll play the spoiler alert. When we start driving. Spoiler-free, quickie impressions of the movie. And I'll start with one just to warn you out there. Um, Content warning, uh, especially to a particular friend out there. Um, There's some clown faces in this movie. so (laughs) There are. So I'm just, I'm not going to say more than that. But uh, just to prepare you, if you do go see this movie. um, Yeah. Okay. So there's that. But uh, yeah. Overall, did it, well, spoiler free, what'd you think? It was good. It was good. It was a little gimmicky for me, a little too gimmicky, but it was also tons of fun, especially if you're like a big Disney fan. There's just a ton of fun Easter eggs and things. And um, yeah, and it also has a really good uh, theme and message, I thought. Yeah, I like the theme and message uh, that came out of just how the the internet gets used, and um, as far as uh, friendships, yeah, and and uh, kind of mature and uh, kind of complex uh, friendship theme yeah. going on there. And like, other than that, though, it was a a little all over the place <laughs> and uh, say, so we'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but uh, yeah, I gave it a three and a half stars out of five. And, you know, I, I, my thing was, is it going to be as good as Wreck-It Ralph? And it's close. Yeah, but it's not quite, but not quite. And it, uh, yeah, it has some emotional moments to it, but 
Um, your problem with Incredibles 2, if I remember correctly, was that it just felt like, eh, here's the next one. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I felt with this. It was yeah. just, yeah, okay. And this almost felt like, um, I know some movies end up like that, but this is not what they intended, but where you feel like, oh, that, that, that's just three episodes strung together. Yeah. And this just kind of felt like here's, uh, here's some episodes in the continuing saga of Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. Agreed. And yeah, it, so there was, there was some goodness to it, but at the same time it, it did feel a little, hmm, why do we have this? Mm-hmm. Do we need it? Yep. No. So I, I, I wouldn't say rush out and see it right now. Yeah. Um, I can give you my ranking. Uh, of the Wreck-It Ralph franchise? No, no. <laughs> of the 2018 movies that I have seen, like the movies that came out in 2018, so I've seen 26. This one came in eighth place, so it's not... It's in the top 10 out of almost 30. Yeah, I, I haven't done a list like that, so I have no idea where that would rank for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind seeing it, and I'm going to have to see it again because my kids, I didn't bring any of them to this showing because it was a late showing and I told it's after midnight now I told my son you know you're going to see this but I'm not I'm not ever taking you when you're eight to a 10 o'clock showing so um yeah so we're coming up on four minutes in the parking lot uh five minutes means I think it's going to start feeling weird if we don't start driving so um I would say you don't have to rush to see it unless you're big Disney fan Big Wreck-It Ralph fan, um, and I think that's that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but seriously, if you're a Disney freak, you'll probably really enjoy it a lot because I know I did. So, not raving, but not hating. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and we're gonna play the spoiler organ right now. <laughs> Spoilers. 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 Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna turn around and desert you. (laughs) So I should have said something in the non-spoiler. There are two post-credits. And no short. Yeah. I was kind of bummed because I usually I enjoy, I don't know if I enjoy it more, but I, I think the Disney animation shorts are more special to me than the Pixar ones. So I was really hoping to see one. It's a long movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, we started at probably 10, 15-ish, and now it's 12, 11, so almost two hours. I don't even know if it was ten fifteen because it it uh I felt like there weren't as many trailers. I mean, we got in there late, but it felt like that was pretty quick with the trailers. True, true. So Ben, want to get into specifics here? You want to do what we liked first, or what we didn't like first? You know, I I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say I wish I would have said this in the spoiler free section, but uh, you know, don't read the credits if you don't know what the post credits are going to be because they say you know never going to give you up sung by john c Riley, and it's it's right there there was a couple in front of us or 
a family in front of us. They sat through half the credits and then decided they're going to get up. And I'm like, I know there's another credit scene coming. You don't, you, you've waited this long. Don't, don't leave now. So yeah, let's, uh, you choose and you start. Let's talk about what we didn't like first. Um, and so I'm going to say the, the things we talked about in the, you know, beforehand on the way to the theater, uh, it wasn't, it was felt very gimmicky to me. Lots of branding, lots of logos. And unlike in Wreck-It Ralph, where the, you know, the cameos, the fun cameos from the video games are just that. They're fun cameos from video games. And this, it's like, oh, fun cameos from all our favorite websites. But it's, it just really felt tacky to me. Yeah, but, I, you know, that didn't bother me. Uh, because, again, I was looking for, you know, the cameos and, and whatnot that was part of the backdrop. And that totally was part of the Internet backdrop right there. So you have, um, you know, all these different websites and, and that kind of thing. And then the ones that they spent time on and focused on tended to be made up ones, uh, except for Pinterest, because yeah. he picks up the pin and uses that to save the world. And uh, so I, I wasn't bothered too much by that. For me, it was these kind of, in some ways, inconsequential um, new supporting cast, uh, other than Shank, who she she played a pretty vital part to the emotional journey of the thing yep gal get out uh it, it just it, the, these other characters they just didn't have as much weight because they just showed up right when they were needed for the story and, and like all of a sudden here we are story needs this person we got this person and it felt like they were just kind of marching from here to there they were just following the yellow brick road and they were you know making choices along the way but not really well, and that's kind of like the internet, <laughs> like where I need this person. Let me type it in, and that puts the button, and we're there. You know, that's so true. it just it didn't make for great storytelling. Correct, I I agree. Uh, yeah, the first movie was very, you know, everything's interconnected and it's woven together pretty well. And in this, yeah, it's like episode one, eBay. Episode two, YouTube. Episode three, viruses. Yeah, and then, and special guest star. You know, like each episode had that special guest star that if it was, um, you know, a, a 60s sitcom, they would get their own title screen with their, you know, their picture right there. But, it, you know, it just, it just felt, it felt crafted, but not well-crafted. It felt uh, like, you know, they they put a lot of thought into it, but I didn't feel like there was a lot of artistry in the storytelling. Now the animation was fantastic. Yeah, and the this production design and all that. Uh, the voice acting was was wonderful uh and and fit pretty pretty perfectly. I'm not a huge fan of Sarah Silverman at all. Uh, when I say not a huge fan, I mean not a fan. Uh just because of, you know, some of the things she says and some of the ways she says it. Um but with with uh Vanellope, you know, she did a, did a decent job and John C. Riley is always very likable. Um and then yeah, Gal Gadot and uh, you know all the other the supporting cast people, but uh, it just it felt flat. It felt flat to me. Yeah, the the scripting and the story it, it definitely could have been stronger. Like it was just a series of events, and then we'll sprinkle on a little bit of theme on top of it. Uh, now 
I would disagree with that a little bit. I feel like the, the theme, the theme is what drove this whole thing. You know, it, so you're driving this theme through a flat story, or you're, you know, maybe they built the flat story around the theme, and maybe that's part of the problem. Because uh, I felt the theme was was strong, and it gets into you know um, the neediness and and wanting of you know friends and that sort of thing. And so you have this kind of dual dual edged sword with the the needs for for friendship and the um the need for validation and and the need for um uh you know to follow your dream so to speak uh and then they they get into these ideas of well you know f- friends don't have to follow the same dreams um i it felt a little hollow to me because of how easy it was for Ralph to just go to the internet with Vanellope seems like he'd be able to visit her very easily you know and and so they're like oh i'm gonna miss you you're my best friend it'll be okay and then yeah of course it'll be okay because he could visit you every night if he wanted to well they did kind of say that the internet doesn't shut off like the arcade does so vanellope could be working 24 7 until those upgrades happen yeah but did you see they are not working 24 7 vanellope and uh shank had Plenty of opportunities to sit around and just talk and, you know, oh, players are coming. You know, I mean, Racket Ralph could have just shown up and just be in the, the warehouse and be behind some boxes, you know, and, um, you know, get get Shank to write his code in so he, he can't accidentally die in there, too. And, and suddenly you have a situation that is completely, uh, you know, it takes away all the stakes. And that's the other thing. I, I just feel like they did a good job of giving high stakes to the emotional stuff that's going on in the friendship that, and that's good. That's important. Uh, I just felt like that the story itself, the, the stakes never rose very high until that very, the very end climax, which again is about, you know, um, smothering friends and, and, uh, making sure you're, you know, thinking not just your own best interests, but your friends. I mean, that's what that's what friends do is, is think about each other. Uh, maybe it's simplistic, but I, I did feel like it was pretty strong. And I did like some of the statements about the Internet that came out of that, too, where, you know, don't read the comments. And where's where's Ralph's value coming from? You know, and they could have gone a lot, a lot, lot deeper into that. They didn't, but they could have. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about what we did like. Like I already said, the production design was sweet. I really enjoyed just the way they visualized traveling to the internet and then from one place to another in the internet was pretty neat. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, um, yeah, uh, it was fun to see like the cameos and stuff, like, uh, even in the video game world where we see lots of other (laughs) video game characters, like Sonic got a speaking role this time or, and he was actually uh, a character in several parts and, there's just a lot of funny, funny moments in the arcade cabinet. Yeah, I, I guess this kind of goes into what I didn't like, but um, I wanted to see more of like Fix a Felix. And yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, there's there's just uh, they created a you know a world and a supporting cast there in the first movie, and this whole movie is just about. You know, it's it's a road trip movie for for Ralph and Vanellope, and that's pretty much it. And so maybe that's a little bit of why it felt a little flat too. Is just to kind of abandon those other characters, uh, let them have a couple jokes and a little bit of time, 
but just left them behind. Yep, I agree with that too. Um, all right, I want to talk about all the fun Disney stuff because I was laughing a lot about yes. that. Yes, you were. <laughs> I so I enjoyed all the the Disney princess cameos. They were they were super fun. Uh, like they're just in this room and Pocahontas is the only one whose hair is blowing <laughs> in the wind and stuff. Just fun little nods like that. Um, they joke about how, uh, you know, to figure out what you want, you need to just stare at some form of water for a while and then you'll just start singing a song. And so then Vanellope eventually ends up singing a song and it's written by Alan Menken, who is the writer for pretty much all those Disney princess songs from all those Disney princess movies. In the, it's a completely... Uh, just, from, from all those princess movies? No, from the, like the 90s renaissance uh, movies. Like, like how many of those princess movies? All of them? Many of them. It, like maybe you minus out uh, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and Cinderella. But from Ariel onward, he's pretty much the guy. So I I like that. I like that Disney was allowing Disney to poke fun at Disney uh, because I I know that there's been some situations uh, where you know let's put it this way: Disney does not laugh at itself. You know, Disney laughs and makes us laugh, but not at Disney intentionally. And this was intentional. And this was them, you know, pointing out things that people pointed out, and you know how even. Even the, the strongest uh, of the Disney princesses uh, still needs a man, you know, to, to help her, you know. And, and so this was they they got their opportunity to help help the big, strong man. And that was cute or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, and then you, I was afraid there was going to be a lot more Star Wars. Um, the the uh, Marvel um, uh, cameo there with... Uh, Groot, played by Vin Diesel. So. He probably just uses leftover lines from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's possible. Uh, Stanley had a cameo. Was it a speaking? I didn't hear him say anything. No, it wasn't. But yeah. Okay, so because I know people were talking about, oh, Stanley has a cameo in in Ralph breaks the internet, you know, before before he passed away, and he didn't get a chance to see it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what he does. Well, they just had a. a an avatar there. I did like the avatars and how they look like Funko Pop uh, figures. With the yeah. Of their heads uh-huh. stuff, so. Yeah. Any more Disney stuff you want to? Uh, I <laughs> and they even uh, did like the R and B style or pop style remix of Vanellope's Slaughter Slaughter Race song. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. But they're just I, just another fun Disney throw in there. And, yeah, it, it was just great. I, It makes me want a, a Disney canon crossover even more now. Not me. Makes me want it less. Uh, they did it here where all those princesses uh, kind of combined their powers, uh, even, even though they didn't need to. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's... You know, they, they, they probably could have done it with just uh, just Frozen and uh, who, who created the water. Uh, Moana and Ariel. Well, no, Ariel just swam in the water. True. So Moana and... So, Moana and, and Elsa. Elsa, they could have... 
just use them, done the slide the whole way down. It would have been good, done, no muss, no fuss. But they, you know, they went and got everyone involved. Let them all have their Avengers moment where uh, even Hawkeye is a part of the Avengers moment, even though he's not needed, you know, to take down the Chitari. Yeah. Well, I noticed that there was at one point there was like Jasmine came in on the carpet to catch Ariel or something. And there's just two princesses on the carpet with her because they, they needed to be doing something. Well, and the only reason Ariel had to do that was because uh, and it, it's really sweet looking Ariel swimming up the geyser of water. That was really cool looking comes flying out. And, and of course she needs to get caught somehow. Yeah. So why didn't they just take the flying carpet to catch Ralph? So true. <laughs> so in other words, um, all you needed was Jasmine. Yeah. I don't need a Disney princess crossover ever. Cause it would just be silly like this. I want one. And it would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> you might have fun, but it'll be fun because it's, it's, it's silly. I did enjoy that. They had most, if not all of the original voice actresses come back to do the, the princess roles. Ming-Na Wen was in there as Mulan. You could totally tell. And uh, I couldn't tell if it was Jodie Benson doing Ariel or not. I heard that I didn't see this in the credits. I, I had heard somewhere that I, I thought that they were brought Jodie Benson back. Okay. I know, I know Moana's voice was there and Bell's. Um, I was trying to listen for Jasmine, but I couldn't tell. And obviously it's Snow White and, and uh, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty are not the original. No, yeah. they're not. And, and that was, I, I felt like that, especially Snow White. I get she was, it. She was a parody of herself. That sure. was, that was bordering disrespect there. <laughs> and I get it. She is not hip <laughs> at all. Okay. Snow White is, is dry. And, uh, you know, it, but at the same time, like that's one of the things that the Disney was built on is snow white. And, and, you know, to treat her the way they did, it's funny, um, but it felt like another movie studio was taking a moment to to have fun with Disney instead of Disney making yeah. fun of itself. There, it, it was it was surprising, and and that didn't that didn't I didn't swallow that one well. The Snow White stuff what, did definitely seem like uh, Snow White and Ariel kind of seemed like it was a DreamWorks Shrek sort of interpretation. Well, I didn't mind the Ariel. Uh, especially the when she's quoting the song, it's like, "What is it called?" Oh yeah, sure. You know, yeah. like I, I, that was that was okay. Um, yeah, but they any issues we've talked about with Disney princesses, like they they summed it up perfectly with Vanellope. Like, are you okay? Do you need help? Should I call the police? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, and and it's good to see you know. That's okay. You're still going to make money on these characters, but <laughs> like when they're asking her, like what qualifies her to be your princess and uh, Rapunzel and Belle are like, oh, have you been kidnapped against your will? And like, they're so excited. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But uh, the bottom line, like we said before, uh, I'm not ranting against it. I'm not raving about it. Uh, it. This is a movie that happened. It is a thing. My kids want to see it. It got weird at the end. Oh, that thing made of Ralph's was disturbing. Yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, like I couldn't, 
I couldn't look at it as a whole thing because I'm just trying to like, oh, look at all the little squirmy little bodies. It's really creepy. Yeah, and the interesting thing was every time they had any kind of shot where you could see the bodies, there was no you, the face was turned against you. Yeah, you know, and so you're just seeing the back of it, and or the back of them, and you know, there's some really interesting things going into the design there. Um, but it's, it's meant to feel weird. It's meant to feel oppressive. It's yeah. meant to feel like this is not right. And, and that's where, you know, that's a nice visual, uh, visual, um, representation of, of the theme. Yeah. And, and it, it worked, worked nicely. And I was surprised how it was defeated. I didn't think they were going to defeat it by having it actually like learn its lesson. Yeah. Well, I was, I was waiting for every character that they had interacted with to come in and attack it all at once. Like, I was like, where are the princesses? They're going to come in and save the day. And they kind of did, but not in the way I was expecting. Yeah, no, it had to be Ralph, you know, kind of making the realization himself. And then the insecurity went away. And, and that was interesting, too, when they were looking for the insecurity, you know, the, the virus is coming, looking for insecurities and how they literalized, you know, security, insecurity. Um, so, I mean, it, it worked. I, I feel like it was, uh, like I said, a, a crafted movie. Lots of, lots of work went into it um, to create. Like, let's let's have a theme. Let's have this thing that we're going for. You know, let's read story by Robert McGee, and let's uh, let's let's do all the screenwriting tips and tricks that we're supposed to do. But then it it didn't necessarily gel into a a really really strong movie. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to watching all the bonus features and documentaries about all the production design. Cause they, there's just lots of fun stuff packed in there. Like when they, he went to the bottom of the internet and there was like public chat rooms in geo cities. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was right there, which I had like two or three geo cities websites. And they had, um, maybe this is what you're talking about. The giant, uh, helm there for like the navigator or whatever. It's like an old internet browser or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which one is that? Netscape? Maybe. No, no, I'm talking about GeoCities, which was the, um, like that was how you made your own websites. Right. Yes, um, and then Netscape also, Netscape had a, a thing where that helped you to design and it would code the website for you. It was a what you see is what you get kind of thing. And, uh, but it was, uh, it ended up then just becoming a, a out of date browser because yeah. you had, you know, Windows coming and making browsers and, and that, but, and this, this movie will get dated very quickly. I think. Yeah. Like in the, in the next five years, Yeah, which may not be a bad thing. It may not, but yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, Evan, final word before you, uh, go inside and get some well-deserved rest. I don't know if it's well-deserved, but thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, it was, if once again, if you're a Disney fan, uh, this is just a fun, thing otherwise don't yeah don't rush to see it it's good and i would say um if you're listening to this part you probably aren't going to rush to see it or you've already seen it so um i guess any advice we might give but uh yeah i'd say if you're tired you deserve some rest i'm tired tomorrow is thanksgiving yeah yeah so we've got a couple other episodes that I've already teased, <laughs> and I did my Overlord uh, uh, road trip. 
And those are still also coming. And we've got other movies coming up. We've got early tickets to see Aquaman. So those are things coming up. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. And as usual, you've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Ooh, there's a deer. Oh, dear.